0: You're listening to The Hall Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about The Hall Vineyard Church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk. Today we have a guest speaker bringing us a message, Andy Smith. Andy, together with his wife Harmony, lead the Belfast City Vineyard and are also part of the Vineyard National Movement Leadership Group. Andy is a phenomenal speaker and he's going to be talking to us today about running with the Spirit. This is a talk that was released on Pentecost Sunday just a couple of weeks ago by the national movement. But we thought it was such a great talk, we really wanted to share it with you.
1: Well, hi there everybody, my name is Andy Smith and my wife Harmony and I lead the vineyard in Belfast and we help out with leading a few other things in this wonderful vineyard movement of ours. It's a real privilege to be sharing with you today on Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is the time in the church year where we remember and celebrate the pouring out the Holy Spirit upon the church, and we also invite the Holy Spirit to continue to fill us and strengthen us, to follow and serve Jesus, and then to go out and announce and demonstrate that His gracious kingdom is present and at hand, and we do that in thousands of different creative ways as the Spirit leads us. The book of Acts is where we read the account of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the church. And from that point, the church is born. And the apostles, the first followers of Jesus, are running to catch up with what the Holy Spirit is doing. In Acts, the Holy Spirit is the star of the show. He turns up where no one thought or expected. He empowers ordinary men and women to do extraordinary things in Jesus' name. And radical and diverse Communities of Jesus followers are planted and scattered throughout the known world, and things like that are still happening today. The Holy Spirit, God's empowering presence in the world and in the church, is still upon us, is still empowering us, still out ahead of us, leading us towards people and situations and locations where He is already at work and where the kingdom of God is being extended God's presence and power by the Holy Spirit is very much with you. He's very much with your churches. He's very much with the vineyard and the church of Jesus Christ around the world. And I want to take a few moments today and just reflect on how there are some similarities uh, to how the early church and how they were empowered by the Spirit. And also the kind of the current moment that we find ourselves in. And I'll be using the book of Acts and kind of moving through a few different parts of that to help us. What happened to the people of God at that first Pentecost, after the Spirit fell? Well, they emerged into this kind of uncertain world, utterly devoted to Jesus, encountering and empowered by the Spirit, but also facing complexity, uncertainty, and real opposition and pressure. And what if we're in a similar moment right now? what we've all been through due to this pandemic and other things coinciding with the pandemic. It's been really difficult. It's been traumatic. It's been disorientating with many griefs and losses. And then there's just been stunning, unthought of change uh, happening really, really quickly that we've all had to navigate. Now we're in this season of starting to emerge into a new normal, and we're all trying to follow Jesus, sensing that the Lord has so much for our churches and for our nations, but also there's just so much that isn't clear yet. We just can't quite see what shape it's going to take. And I think that there are some things about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the birth of the church that can really help us navigate where we are in this current moment as individuals and as churches. And I think if we embrace them, it will lead to more of the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our lives and in our churches. But we'll also notice where He's already at work, out ahead of us, just moving on and encouraging us to catch up with what He's already going to do. So we'll be in the book of Acts. I'm not going to linger on one particular passage. It'll be a bit of a whirlwind. But I would encourage you, in honor of Pentecost Sunday, would you read the book of Acts today? Or would you read the book of Acts over the course of this week? And would you invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you afresh through God's Word and let it challenge you? Well, the first thing that I want to point out is the Spirit falls upon the structure of our lives. I I love Acts. I love The book of Acts, it seems like the Holy Spirit is turning up everywhere. It's all action all the time. But as I've spent more time in Acts recently, I've noticed something. The Holy Spirit does turn up unexpectedly, seemingly randomly at times. But also, the Holy Spirit loves to fall upon the rhythms and structure of worship and prayer and devotion to Jesus that were already present in the lives of the first followers of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that within the regular commitment to worship and prayer and community and discipleship, the Spirit often falls there. That's like a precursor towards the Spirit falling and and bringing an acceleration to what's happening. There's something about committed rhythms of discipleship that attract more of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're, they're on their way to, te- to the temple to pray. It's part of their daily rhythm of prayer, the structure of worship and prayer in their lives, and they meet a lame man sitting by the temple gate, beautiful, asking for money. And it becomes a moment. The the structure of their lives, their committed rhythms of discipleship become a moment for the Holy Spirit to move. And he asks them for money, and Peter responds with this. He says, "'Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk!' Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God.'" The daily rhythms of worship and prayer in their lives, the rhythms of discipleship became a moment for the Spirit of God to break in for miraculous healing. And then, if you read on in the chapter, it leads to Peter preaching the gospel to a big crowd of onlookers. Again, it comes within the committed daily rhythms of prayer. In Acts chapter 10, we see Cornelius. He's a soldier. He's a God-fearer. He's a seeker. And he needs to meet Jesus. And so it, the scriptures tell us in Acts 10 that it's three o'clock in the afternoon one day. It's, and that's one of the fixed hours of prayer at the temple. So again, he's in this daily rhythm of prayer and seeking God. And again, that's when the Holy Spirit falls and And an angel comes and tells him to send for this man called Peter. And meanwhile, Peter is at the home of Simon the Tanner in Joppa. And we read in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 11, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey, these men that that Cornelius had sent, and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meals being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. So Peter's praying. Again, it's at noon. It's another one of the fixed times of prayer that Peter had decided in advance were going to be part of his daily time with Jesus. And it's there that the spirit falls. He has this he has a vision that The summation of it is that both Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles like Cornelius, are welcome in the kingdom of God because of Jesus. And Peter ends up going with the men. He goes to Cornelius. He goes to his whole household. He tells his household about Jesus. This finds that the Spirit's already there. The Spirit falls on them. They come to faith in Jesus. And the church is actually changed forever and begins to spread to the ends of the earth. In Acts, the Spirit falls upon existing committed rhythms of discipleship. You see this a lot. And I think that's never been more essential. Pastor and thinker Mark Sayers, author of a number of books, but he he writes in The Reappearing Church, which I would highly recommend. He writes it this way. He said, The Western life system has formed us in a particular way that creates people who resist the move of God in subconscious ways. We can affirm God's plan and purposes with our words, intentions, and beliefs. We can sing worship songs with all our heart in church, but our life patterns can lead us to a very different end, trending us away from renewal. Our life patterns directed towards God reshape us as agents of renewal in the world. I love that. And as so much of what we have known as church and community has been stripped away through the pandemic, as we emerge as people and as churches, and as a movement into this new normal, my question is, do we have these rhythms, these practices, these life patterns, as Mark Sayers said, that daily keep us in the presence of Jesus, attentive to Him and to the Holy Spirit? We've even seen in our vineyard history over the years, when we've seen moves of the Spirit come, but if there's no regular rhythms of discipleship and apprenticeship to Jesus to sustain it, we've seen them actually fade away. And in this new moment that we're entering into, I believe that there is going to be great power poured out from the Holy Spirit. The question is, will we arrange our lives as disciples, as friends of Jesus, so that the Holy Spirit's power can be stewarded into lasting fruit? And on this Pentecost Sunday, I just want to invite you to commit all over again to daily life, daily rhythms, life patterns with Jesus. Rhythms of prayer, worship the scriptures, community, rhythms that the Holy Spirit can breathe on, use, and bless, and turn up in, and fall upon, and then begin to do more than we could ever dream, ask, or imagine. The second thing I want us to notice is that the Spirit doesn't just fall on the already in place rhythms of our lives, the structure of our lives, the Spirit falls in unexpected places. One of the things we need to notice from this kind of post-Pentecost church in Acts is how they had to regularly watch for, expect, and discern how the Holy Spirit was leading them. They were regularly surprised. They were regularly interrupted. They, They had to discern things. They had to call meetings to decide, is this the Lord? Is this the Holy Spirit leading us in this direction? They had to train their eyes to see where is the Holy Spirit moving? What is He touching? Where is He taking us next? They had to be ready at all times. And we read the book of Acts like these great stories of faith, but if you think about it, especially through this lens of the pandemic that we've been um, just living through, I see a bunch of things that could have just really easily been missed moments. Here's just a few examples. Again, uh, the example I used earlier, Peter and John on the way to Temple, to pray, uh, they probably passed any number of people in the street asking them for money. Was this just another beggar asking for money, some kind of distraction delaying them from getting to the religious service and in the, the time of prayer? Or is this actually a moment for Jesus to heal that leads to whole crowds hearing about Jesus? In Acts chapter 16, Paul has a dream about a man from Macedonia. And is this something that's just a crazy dream that's easily dismissed? Or is this clear instructions in a dream from the Holy Spirit to go where the Holy Spirit is actually preparing fruitfulness for them? Again, in Acts 16, you see Paul meet Lydia, and is she a woman just listening to Paul's teaching uh, down by a river somewhere, or is she actually an anchor leader of that church who needs to be, who come to faith and be released into leadership, a woman who will trigger geographic revival and church planting all around Philippi? Do you see how just easily it could have been dismissed? What allowed the first Christians to see what the Spirit was doing and to stop and to engage in those moments, well, I think simply paying attention is one of them. Simply paying attention, eyes open, watching, asking the question, "Lord, what are you doing?" Simply paying attention. We are having so much content and stimulation just coming at us uh, these days. In the days of social media and content, and and you name it, it's coming at us thick and fast, and it can numb us, can't it? It's it's just so hard to actually engage with our full attention, but that is certainly part of it. But also there's an expectation thing. The first Christians, the apostles, had an expectation that he would be moving, that the Holy Spirit would be leading them into and to situations that they would then have to act and enact in faith. And what's exciting me right now is all the stories that I'm hearing from our church and from churches around the movement of people simply being led by the Spirit like this and then seeing fruit. I'm hearing about people given words from the Holy Spirit or pictures from the Holy Spirit and then directing them to share with people. Uh, that are in their sphere of influence. I'm I'm hearing about people being prompted to make phone calls and reach out to people, and then it's like a real, almost like a life-saving phone call or connection. People going on walks and sharing the gospel. People being prompted to share about Alpha with people and inviting people onto Alpha courses, and then they're finding Jesus there. I, I keep hearing people taking risks on praying for healing and seeing people get healed, even over things like Zoom and the Internet. And it's, none of it is like a church program-driven thing. It's all ordinary Christians like you and me, simply listening to the Spirit, eyes wide open, expecting Him to give us some marching orders and being led by Him, and then stepping into a moment of risk. I believe the Holy Spirit is on the move. I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in us and all around us. The question is, are we present to that? Are we open to that? Are we watching for that? Are we noticing, even in the places and the people that we least expect, are we watching to see, is the Holy Spirit leading us into moments of risk and proclamation? Or have we tapped out? Have we become numb? Are we watching more Netflix than we are watching for the Holy Spirit? If we embrace this, if we watch, discern, expect, He will use us and He will move. I believe the world is waiting for the church of Jesus Christ to live out the life of Jesus Christ and to demonstrate His goodness. I think it's waiting for us and I think we're in a moment that we need to step into. The next thing is the spirit falls in the midst of pressure and tension. The Spirit falls in the midst of pressure and tension. When we see the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts, we love it. It's easy to think, great, there's Holy Spirit breakthrough, miracles, glory, let's go, sign me up for all of that. And we can kind of easily edit out the anxiety, the fear, the risk, the suffering that was also clearly present Often at the the very same time, it's all happening together. We already talked about Peter and John healing the lame man and then preaching the the gospel boldly in Acts chapter 3. But in Acts chapter 4, they're thrown into prison for it. And then in Acts chapter 5, it talks about how the church was meeting in public. Many came to faith and there were miraculous healings, even people healed by Peter's shadow passing over them. But then again, there's tension, there's pushback, and they're thrown in prison. And it all builds like this. It cycles through the book of Acts. You see boldness and miracles, and then great persecution and a scattering and difficult things happening. There's even martyrdom present there in the book of Acts. You can just trace it through the whole book. And the Apostle Paul himself, he was never out of trouble. He was always preaching the gospel, seeing miracles, and then in trouble. And it was kind of like a a cycle in his life. There's always pushback of the enemy's kingdom in the midst of God's kingdom advancing in our lives and our churches and our cities. But the Apostles and the early church lived in that tension and they learned to see trouble and pressure and even persecution as opportunities opportunities to glorify Jesus and experience the Spirit's Power and strengthening. They experienced the power of the Spirit not only in miracles and preaching, but also as they were strengthened and emboldened and given supernatural resilience. They relied on Holy Spirit power and His filling to endure suffering, to live deeply and daily in Jesus' love and presence. They relied on the Holy Spirit to show radical love and service to one another, even to their enemies. They relied on the filling of the Spirit to cross boundaries of race and class and gender, to build and plant churches all over the known world. They relied on the Spirit to daily walk in obedience and purity and holiness and fidelity to the risen Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit power was available to them to live in the tension. The Holy Spirit fell in the midst of the tension. And we need to remember that, that He's available to us right now in the midst of our tension, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our doubt, weakness, and uncertainty. We need to remember that we follow a crucified but risen Lord who suffered redemptively before his glorification and he now looks at us and he says, follow me in in this way, glory through suffering. But he promises to be with us by the Holy Spirit even to the end of the age. We're going to need to learn to see this and to learn to see tension as opportunity opposition as opportunity and places where the spirit loves to fall? And what if this pandemic moment is actually full of opportunities that the Holy Spirit is inviting us into? And what if the Vineyard Movement on these islands is being invited into this tension? And what if each of us, as we enter in and give our yes all over again, will be strengthened and filled by the Spirit, just as the apostles were, for signs and wonders, for boldness, for witness to Jesus, for unity, for faithfulness to the risen Jesus, and great fruitfulness and multiplication. I believe the Holy Spirit will empower us for this type of life and mission. Let's not miss our moment to serve and love our risen and ruling and reigning Lord Jesus. Let's not miss our moment. This is for us to do in our time. Lastly and quickly, the Spirit falls and then we're sent. The Spirit falls, and then we're sent. When the Spirit comes and acts, people are constantly then on the move. They're sent out by churches. They're sent out to see reports that the Spirit is breaking out spontaneously somewhere else. They're sent out and scattered due to persecution, but they go in the power of the Holy Spirit, preaching Jesus everywhere they end up. One person, Philip, was even supernaturally taken by the Spirit, dumped somewhere else in Acts chapter 8, and he he shares the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch, part of stewarding the presence and power of the Holy Spirit means following the Spirit wherever and to whomever He's leading us to. And when the church embraced that, followers of Jesus, miracles, churches, all multiplied. Again, it's easy to miss the uncertainty, risk, fear, complexity, and the constant living outside of comfort zones. And look, we aren't facing persecution on these islands uh, like the early church was, and certainly the church in some parts of our world today is facing. But the pandemic has been a significant shaking of everything we have known and relied on and thought we knew. And I believe that in the shaking, the Holy Spirit is present and there's ascending. That the Holy Spirit is using this moment to get the people and the church of Jesus into motion again for the sake of multiplication. Some of us are being sent across the street to our neighbors. Some of us are being sent across the room to family or co-workers or students that are in our classes. Some of us are being sent across our churches to help rebuild children's ministry and youth ministries or other ministries left hurting from the pandemic or even pioneer new ministries in our churches. Others of us are being sent across cities to plant sites and locations and small groups. Still others of us are being sent across these islands and across nations to plant Churches that plant churches. Whenever the people of God in Acts were shaken and sent, gospel multiplication followed. And I think that is for us in these days that we are leaning into now. The question is, will we steward the move of the Spirit even when it scatters us and shakes us and sends us? And my question to you is, where are you being sent in the power of the Holy Spirit right now? I believe the Holy Spirit has fruitfulness and miracles and multiplication and adventure for us as a movement and as churches and as individuals. And there will also be trials and suffering and challenge and complexity and much courage required. Let's run with the Holy Spirit in all parts of our lives. Let's steward his presence and his assignments to us and his leading. Let's steward those things well to the glory of Jesus in our day and in our time. I just want to pray for us. I want to pray over just a couple of specific things before we close. I want to pray for those of us in our rhythms. We've never been able to establish those daily rhythms with Jesus. I want to pray (laughs) at Pentecost Sunday would be like a line in in the sand and we would do what we can. We would make ourselves available to that kind of life of discipleship to Jesus. I want to pray for those of us uh, vineyard pastors, vineyard leaders, any of us where we've just stopped expecting the Holy Spirit and we've stopped watching Him. And I just want to pray uh, that the Spirit will fall on us afresh and breathe on us again. I want to pray for those of us who are experiencing real pressure and kickback right now. I want to pray for boldness and gospel proclamation. And I want to pray for the, those of us who are willing to be sent and go in the Spirit's power. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you rest on this beautiful movement that you birthed? It was your idea. And as Wimber said, we are change in your pocket. Spend us however you wish. So Lord, on this Pentecost Sunday, we remember your goodness. We remember the gift of the Spirit. Would you pour the Spirit out afresh? Would you breathe on us? Would you breathe on those who desperately need rhythms? Would this be a moment where we choose uh, not just liking Jesus, but discipleship and apprenticeship to Jesus? And then would you breathe on those rhythms and put real power and moments with you, Holy Spirit, in them? Lord, I pray for all of us. Any of us who feel like we've lost our expectation that You're out there somewhere, on the move, and we need to catch up. That You're prompting things. You're 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 giving assignments for us, and You're You're. We've just stopped watching for that. And we've stopped expecting that. I pray, Holy Spirit, send Your fire on us. We repent uh, for just being a bit asleep. We repent for being apathetic and discouraged. I just ask, send Your fire again on Your on our movement. Lord, we pray for more. Would You? Would you send your fire on churches? Would the temperatures begin to rise from this Sunday? Would we see your miracles? Would we see your power? Would we see your supernatural boldness and gospel proclamation and strengthening? And Lord, I pray for those who right now, today, Pentecost Sunday, are saying, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be sent. I'm willing to go in the Spirit's power, whether it's across the room or across the land. Would would you, Lord, call church planters to go? Would you call site leaders and campus leaders and people who are going to pioneer small groups in new areas amongst new people groups? Would you call them to go and would you send them, Lord? And I pray that there be a movement full of responsive hearts that put the hands up and say, "Here I am. Send me. Send me." Lord, would you come and would we lay down everything at your feet, everything? We surrender our idols. We surrender our fears. We surrender everything that we possibly can in worship to you. And we simply say, send us. So Lord, breathe multiplication through the power of your Holy Spirit. Multiply people getting saved. Multiply ministry. Multiply churches. Multiply your glory in and through us. We love you. We serve you. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.